0: I want some more More What do you mean More Just who do you think you are I'm not really sure I've been living with some issues Yes,
1: can I help you sir
0: Well I was just wondering You know, what's going on I mean What's really going on? Just who do you think you are? I'm not really sure. I've been living with some issues. Just who do you think you are? We're just trying to get to the truth. We're just hmm. trying to get to the truth. We're just trying to get to the truth. Welcome to the Urban Guru Cafe. want to know. Do you know what I'm talking about? I've been living with some issues. This week I spoke with Suzanne Foxton and she's in the UK. She doesn't run meetings but she does have her own blog site. Yeah. And she wasn't a seeker she actually wasn't really looking but she found without looking well some people have been asking for women to be featured and so here we go susan foxton do you want to know what is your answer when people ask what should i do i think
1: that What people should do is just whatever seems to come up. I think that whatever it is that seems to come up is what you should do. I wouldn't possibly give any advice except maybe just to hang in there and try not to let all of the angst of seeking get to you too much. Because really and truly, it it just doesn't matter. I mean, what everybody is looking for is just right in front of them. It's just whatever is happening right now. And it's um, getting around that idea that gives people problems. So I suppose the best thing to do is just to relax. And whatever seems to come up, whatever seems the next right thing to do, do that. Now most of y'all have seen a gorilla in a cage at the local zoo.
0: He mostly sits around contemplating all the things that he'd prefer to do. You say it doesn't matter what's happening. Can you explain this? You say it doesn't matter, but obviously in the angst, it feels like it matters a great deal. Yes, that's true.
1: I suppose that when I say it doesn't matter, I just mean that whatever seems to be happening both does and does not matter. It can seem to matter a great deal. It can be taken terribly seriously, I suppose. But it doesn't need to be taken terribly seriously. I guess what's changed for me is that all sorts of things happen. You know, all sorts of things seem to happen. I still have a life and a story of my life unfolds. And some pretty, you know, what could be considered bad things have happened, unexpected deaths of friends and things like this. And it all seems to be very painful and grief comes up. But I suppose the thing that takes it very seriously and the thing that makes whatever is happening the be-all and the end-all of my identity, I mean, that's gone. Pain still happens. but It's just whatever is happening is just the play of life, the dance of life, however you want to put it. And whatever is happening is just what's happening. And even if you're a person and you seem to be very separate and it's affecting you deeply and you feel terrible, that is all right. I mean, even common sense of people who are just sort of not talking about what we're trying to talk about or just talking about good mental health. I mean, common sense would just say that life is everything. It's up, it's down, it's everything and it changes. Whatever the appearance is, it constantly changes. And if you're very separate and nothing's happening for you and you're not enlightened or whatever we're calling it today, just wait around and it'll change. All of it is sort of equal, I suppose, when I say what it, whatever's happening doesn't matter. It's all the same thing in a different guise.
0: There in any action?
1: That just depends on who it is that seems to be doing the action. I mean, a lot of value can be put on anything by anybody. However, all things are of equal value or no value at all. If there seems to be value to you, then for goodness sake, do that. I suppose how it is for me, for a better way of putting it, is that, you know, goals still come up, things come up. I want to do them, I seem to want to do them. So I do them. And, but rather than, you know, the end result of the goal being something that validates me as a person or whatever, the value is the intrinsic value of whatever the task seems to be. I don't know, for a, the big example in my life right now, or it's a couple of them, is my children, raising my children. I mean, you could say that the goal of raising a child is to raise a happy, healthy child it can weather all the ups and downs of life, and I guess that in and of itself, is a goal. If that doesn't happen, then there's really nothing here that's going to say, well, I have failed, or I have failed my children. You know, failure might kind of be what came up, but, I mean, kind of going back to just common sense, we can never know, these things that seem to unfold, what the end result might be. The appearance, life, whatever you want to call it, is so rich and so full and so multifarious and so complicated and we can never know what the end result's going to be. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that the value of doing anything, any goal that comes up, is the intrinsic value of just that task. And it doesn't necessarily need to be that I am now a good person because I'm doing these things or I'm a bad person because I'm doing these things. It's just the goal itself can be quite joyous if joy is indeed the goal.
0: That reminds me of something that I read on one of your sites about observing the mind without any goal.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I suppose a lot of the time it doesn't seem like in this moment there is a particular goal. Things seem to happen and unfold That might, you know, in the story, be to some end, be to some goal. But, you know, I guess what a lot of people call immediate, direct presence and being doesn't require a goal. Whatever is going to happen is going to happen. Whatever is happening is what's happening. And really and truly, there is no choice involved with it. There is no one... To choose, even if this seems like there's someone making choices, I guess what it comes back to is no matter what choice seems to be made by what separate entity seems to be making it, it's all the same thing with many, many, many different faces. So... Whatever is chosen as the one, there is really no goal. Reality itself is really quite illusory I mean, in the sense that when we have a dream at night, everything seems quite solid in that dream because you know our brains are firing away and telling us that that's real. And it's the same when you're awake, still just neurons and, and the tool of the mind and the brain telling you these things are solid and it's really only just there so that it can be enjoyed, I guess so that it can be there, period.
0: Don't be sad because your sun is down You can rise above it Don't be sad because you're on your own You have to learn to love it Whoa. Which is the more accurate pointer? There is only love or there is no me? seem to morph and change, don't they, for all different
1: writers uh, about this kind of stuff. At the moment, uh, for some people, it seems to be uh, it's all love. If you want to call oneness love, then sure, it's all love. Um, If you want to say there is no one and things are just happening, but not to me, yeah, I mean, it's just... uh, If the goal, and I'm not sure it is, mind you, if the goal is for people to awaken or whatever we're calling it today or to be liberated or to not be separate or whatever... Um, I mean, I guess in all the multifariousness and all the complicated way that life seems to manifest, different things are going to work for different people at different times. And that's very paradoxical to say, of course, because really, truly, there isn't anything other than this present moment, if you want to call it a moment. But if you're just sort of observing the story of people writing blogs and, and books and things about this And people reading them and then maybe sort of seeing this finally, seeing reality quite clearly. Different things are going to work for different people, and there's certainly room for it all. Um, Absolutely, there is not a right way to do it, and there's not a wrong way to do it. It's just however it comes out, it's just perfect.
0: Is this love, if it is love?
1: I mean, this is the thing we're all trying to express, isn't it? It can't really be expressed. Oneness is probably the label that I'm most comfortable with. It's just everything. It's everything just exactly as it is. You can call it life. You can call it reality. That's what love is, just everything, absolutely everything. And it's very difficult for the judgmental, dualistic mind to grasp that Hitler is oneness and love and, you know, bad things that we call bad. And, and pedophiles preying on children are oneness and love. And, but it, I guess it's just that um, in each individual life, there's great good and great bad, some more extreme than others. But I guess it's just that there's balance. There's terrible things and there's absolutely wonderful things and it's always completely in balance. So, what we're calling love, if you want to call it that, is just everything, reality, what seems to exist. And that's it.
0: You are listening to the Urban Guru Cafe. Wish I was a Kellogg's cornflake, floating in my boat, taking movies. Wax till a while within its style. Dark and poor race occasionally plays a LA. lay. Okay. You say we are being lived, there is no us. And in that lies the greatest freedom. Can you elaborate on that?
1: Yeah, I guess it just, it kind of relates to the other pointer earlier about there is no choice. That's what the freedom is. It's that separate thing that has such great responsibility to do the right thing. I guess that's kind of, you know, what dies. That's what seemed to happen with me or whatever. The freedom is that there isn't something here that's got to get it right. There isn't something here that has to agonize over it. Now, that can still happen. I mean, that can come up. Gosh, I mean, it still comes up (laughs) for me, I guess, but it doesn't really stick around too long. The freedom of choicelessness is just huge. It's massive. I mean, I see so many people, just friends, just people I come into contact with, and they're just beside themselves trying to get life right. And when I guess it's seen that there is no choice... Whatever happens is just what happens. And even the appearance of choice is just oneness in another guise. It doesn't really matter what seems to be chosen. That's where the freedom is. It sort of can be, I suppose, felt as a great release of guilt and responsibility. And that seems to be what happens with a, a fair amount of people that are sort of in this seeking thingy.
0: Why is it that
1: words cannot capture this? Well, they have to use more words to answer. (laughs) Um, I guess because words are always concepts, concepts are tools of a dualistic mind, and they kind of contain things. They put things in boxes. They try to make them neat and tidy, and they're sort of merely a part of everything. Even everything doesn't encapsulate it. It is completely boundless reality or whatever you want to call it, oneness, it cannot really be captured. Now, mind you, there's nothing wrong with trying to capture it. I mean, Lord knows I do it on a daily basis, near enough, and so do many, many people. Those are the tools that we seem to have, these concepts and words, and it's great fun to play around with them, and to try and try and get it just right, and to try to be as clear as possible, and to point as clear as possible, and but I suppose, I mean, that there's just no explaining it. It's just that words and concepts are maybe the mind can organize it by thinking of it as merely a small part of all that is. I mean, you don't have to experience reality and have a thought about it or label it. Usually that's what happens. But just, you can just be somewhere and smell and see and taste and have emotions and thoughts and maybe not necessarily even thoughts, but the kind of you get a taste and a flavor of everything, which is not bounded just by words and concepts in that.
0: How did you come to see this
1: so many people that write about this are very reticent about saying this kind of thing but it's fine you know it's fine i don't mind i quite like my own story you know i still can have those moments when it seems like it's just the best story of all and i have you know hopefully mentally healthy people have the story of mentally healthy people they do think their story is quite lovely and and i guess i do so uh, i mean i i guess it came about I wasn't a traditional seeker at all. I hadn't read any of the books and things available. I was having some therapy, and my therapist was uh, sort of into it and sort of introduced the concept. And at the time, I thought, yeah, okay. (laughs) I didn't really think much of it. But, you know, sort of a little seed in my mind was planted. And I guess I made some sort of connections about everything I'd ever looked for was probably staring me right in the face. So I had that sort of an idea. And then one day, I was just doing the washing up and picked up a knife, and the knife just seemed, I don't know how exactly to put it, but very much itself, and everything seemed to be very much itself, and, and that's not a very clear or accurate way of putting it, I guess. Um, the knife seemed very knife and sorted did all the suds and the bubbles and the sink, and, and it just sort of... I kind of saw that it was a miracle any of it existed at all, something like that, and that nothing really exists, but we can sort of see something. So yeah, it's very difficult to describe, but uh, but I just sort of um, just saw, just picking up this knife, that what I had been looking for had been right in front of me the whole time, and that's it, really. Um, I didn't really do my very much traditional seeking at all, a tiny bit maybe. And um, actually, I thought I was going nuts. I really thought I was going mad. I had that sort of when that washing up moment happened. It was it was lovely, it was, you know. It's quite. Um, I was sort of on the the ground, going whoa, whoa, and uh, but then I really, I mean, because I was seeing things slightly differently, and my perception was a little bit altered. I kind of thought I was going nuts. I mean, I would have like a a moment where it really felt like I was uh, coming up out of the top of my head and seeing things from a slightly different angle that weren't from my eyes and and just weird stuff like that. And it sort of subsided. And I sort of did some searching on the Internet and I found Kevin Sabotka's course on consciousness. And at the end of that, Tony Parsons was cited as a reference. And so I went to see him and then the, the words he was using... Kind of fit to whatever it is that had happened to me. So those kind of were the words I used, kind of borrowed, stolen from Tony Parsons. and uh, But it's kind of morphed into something else now. So that's kind of how it happened to me. I, I wasn't traditionally seeking. And then I thought I was maybe going crazy after whatever it is happened. Uh, but then I just sort of came to understand my mind got sort of settled with it when I found sort of the words that seemed to make sense with it. And I guess the real end of the whole thing and and what has changed is that whatever it is that's happening, it's just not the be-all and end-all. It doesn't have, you know, it's not taken so seriously anymore. I mean, serious actions and responses happen, but it's just, you know, whatever it is that's happening, it seems quite full and whole and complete and doesn't need to be something other than it is.
0: Well, that's the end of my questions, Suzanne. If you want to add anything else. Oh, well, just that it's been lovely speaking
1: to you, Retie, and very, very sweet of you to want to interview me at all because I really just feel like a ordinary mug and and that truly is what i am just kind of uh going along in my life just like anybody else does and writing this blog and whatnot is just kind of like uh, therapeutic i suppose and so i don't have to alienate the people i seem to come in contact with on a daily basis by talking about it and it's quite um, a relief to be able to talk about it out loud to somebody. And it's very sweet of you to want to speak to me and thank you.
0: You have been listening to the Urban Guru Cafe. So she's like a female version of Tony Parsons, isn't she? She's more cute though. Yeah. Is yeah. I don't know, I kind of find Tony Parsons a little cuter. Yeah, really? Yeah. You have preferences <laughs> Okay. Well you said she was cuter than Tony Parsons. Well she is. <laughs> the Urban Guru Cafe is produced in Australia. For God's sakes, turn around.
1: strong? Uh, yeah, strong is
0: good.